0: This week we're switching back to the wedding and event space. The dynamic duo behind this pandemic partnership are my guests this week, Carrie and Lauren. They've been friends and colleagues for years and it just made sense over these past two years for them to join forces. Their skill sets complement one another and they're able to provide the best possible service for their clients by leaning into their strengths and relying on the other's expertise depending on the task at hand. I was able to spend a good deal of time with both of them through the Philadelphia Women in Food and Hospitality Group. An organization i was brought into through liz einhorn if you haven't listened to her episode yet mental health mentorship and maintaining relationships the important three m's with liz einhorn you should absolutely check it out although we haven't been able to spend much time together in person over these last two years we've remained in regular communication especially last year via group text asking our friend kamara you remember kamara season one beyond the venue podcast We were constantly asking her what was legal in Philadelphia. Kamara is the Philadelphia Chapter President of the PRLA, which stands for the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. She was our best source of information regarding restrictions and mandates in Philadelphia, the surrounding counties, and the state of Pennsylvania, because they were constantly changing. We've been fortunate enough to have had stability regarding mandates since mid-August, but the truth is that COVID is still very much here and won't be going away anytime soon. I just got my booster and my flu shot yesterday, hashtag Pfizer gang, and I'm happy to report that hydration and taking it easy has served me well, but damn, has my arm been sore. By the time this episode airs, hopefully the CDC will have recommended boosters for everyone who is six months past their last dose. Well, if you're looking for some fun outdoor activities, Carrie is involved with the Philly Goat Project. The goats live right outside the Aubrey Arboretum, and if you host your wedding or event there, you're able to pay a little extra to have some goats join you for cocktail hour. My clients took advantage of this back in April for their wedding, and the photos are amazing. Carrie let me know that the next Goat Happy Hour is coming up on Saturday, December 11. These events are BYOB, and you can check out their website for tickets and more details. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the following episode. The pandemic partnership that bloomed from social gardening with Carrie Citroën and Lauren Westerman. So, I've got two absolutely wonderful guests today. Uh, I've got Lauren Westerman and Carrie Citroën. How are you all doing today? Hi, good. Hi. How are you? Thanks for having us. So, <laughs> Carrie is owner of Citroën Consulting. She recognized a need that several small businesses here in Philadelphia had, um, they just needed support with their marketing, sales, and events. And then Lauren is the CEO and owner of Classic Events by Lauren and Lauren Westerman Consulting. So we all kind of know each other through the Philadelphia Women in Food and Hospitality. That's where we've probably spent most of our time together. Um, We've had several other women from the the crew. So Liz Einhorn is a a mutual friend of all of ours, as well as um, Kamara Edwards, who was on season one of Beyond the Venue podcast. Um, so how we met, I think is, is super fascinating and very connected to what we all do. So Carrie only just had uh, the pleasure of meeting you the summer of 2019, um, when you were still with star events. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we had lunch and realized we were both gluten intolerant and, um, Mm -hmm. did not get to work together for very long (laughs) before (laughs) 2020, uh, and then with Lauren, we got to reconnect. We, you and I actually met in 2015 at my own wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, De Bruno Brothers was our caterer. You were working in the catering department at the time and, you know, had a couple uh, missteps. And you just swooped in about 48 yeah. hours before and just this boss bitch, make it happen. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That's boom. Lauren for you. And I'm like, this woman's amazing. <laughs> this is what I needed. And you know, to have you there on my wedding day. I had, you know, my amazing day of coordinator, Christine, and the two of you just literally took care of everything. I didn't worry about a thing. So it was a super easy decision that as soon as I started MG, the venue specialist, it's like, let's see what she's up to. And, (laughs) you know, classic events by Lauren just kind of kept popping up. And I was like, I should, I should reach out to her. And it was also at the time when I was, um, like when I had first started my business, I had gotten the recommendation to advertise on the Knot and Wedding Wire, and what right. sucked for that for me was the fact that like I'm not a, I'm not a wedding planner. Like I, it's just mm-hmm. the venue. So couples would reach out to me looking for a wedding planner, and they already have their venue, their date booked, and now they're looking for a wedding planner. So it's like, well, um, here's Lauren Westerman's contact information. <laughs> so. Um, I am no longer advertising on the knot and Wedding, but definitely still sending clients uh, Lauren's way. So I it's have sent a
1: ton of clients Lauren's way too.
0: <laughs> yeah, we know, Carrie. Maybe July. Too many. Okay. Maybe too
1: many. Yeah, July
2: was like,
0: lover, but whoa.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so this kind of brings me to um, the reason that I wanted both of y'all on the show today was you created a, a pandemic partnership where, mm-hmm. you know, you took both of your strength sets and, you know, with these powers combined are helping to promote venues and doing events. And so, you know, how, how did this partnership kind of fall into place? And can you kind of tell us more about what you do in your process? Oh, well, Lord first of all, pain. I
1: love a pandemic like that is
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: literally like partnership. I'm going to use that forever now. And I will give you full credit. That is amazing. We have I know it needs to before. be like our
2: tagline on Instagram. We definitely I have know. to do a picture <laughs> together.
1: Hashtag pandemic partnership. That is, that is perfectly put. No, it's great. I mean, Lauren and I have known each other for a very long time and we have very, di- we're very different and we have very perfect opposite strengths. And so it is the perfect pandemic partnership to work together. <laughs>
2: I Definitely. know I didn't mean to
1: interrupt you, Lauren. I feel like you're about to talk, but um, no, I
2: was, was going to say I actually worked on both of your weddings with yes. Debruno, yep. which is so funny because I guess was it around the same time? Did y'all get married around the same time?
1: Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yep. So oh, that couple was months when later. I
2: yeah, with late them. August. So I was at the law firm. No, did I? I don't remember where I was at, but I just had started with Debruno and. It was, yeah, both of you just like kind of really close to each other and not like. Did you know Carrie prior to that? Yeah. So I did. I, oh, I was at the Omni. So I made her be my friend at our first networking event. I always tell the story. And like, I was just like, we're going to network together and then you're going to overflow business to me. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I need a flyer and I need to put it in my wedding package. She was like, what? Like, no, we, we're fine. Like we have enough business. Like, this is not about you. It's about me. (laughs) So I forced her to help cross market with me. Um, and then we just like went to every networking event together. Um, as long as it was in the city, Carrie doesn't stuff outside of the city. No, um, I do now. I
1: do now. That's now. A yeah, you do. A dynamic dynamic thing. Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's so, looking for parking when you get back all those events I've gone to in Chester <laughs> County. It'll take me half an hour to find a parking spot I when I get back to South
1: Philly. But, but Lauren is right though. I used to, if it wasn't in like an Uber city limit, like, Fairmount was, like, what I considered the suburbs. So, if it wasn't in, like, that, so, like, if it wasn't in that. <laughs> it was bad. House, you know. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, Lauren and I have known each other for a long time. I think I met her right when she arrived in mm-hmm. Philly. And I immediately loved her. She's everything you described, M.G. And, like, I have been like networking with her and friends with her obviously like every walk of her career like I've like been by her side in various things I'm like oh you need this here's here's what she does now and you need this now here's what she does now I'm like oh you need this and here's what she does now
0: (laughs) very true
2: (laughs) very true and it's so funny like I told the uh we're both like involved in NACE and I told the story one year um NACE can you let our listeners
0: know what NACE uh oh for sure so
2: NACE is the National Association of Catering and Event Professionals. So we um, do a monthly meeting. Um, there's also a national chapter, but each city and or state or area, we have a tri-state area one that's like networks together monthly. We see new venues, um, try new foods, educate each other, um, bring in speakers, things like that. So um, at a NACE meeting one time, we were talking about the value of a membership and the value of the network part, the networking that you get out of your partnerships. and it really wasn't until almost three years after I met Carrie that I was actually able to like hand her a piece of business, but it was literally never about that between us. And I think that that's like the best part about our relationship and our friendship and our professional like um, relationship, because it was never a like, okay, you've asked me for enough. Like you haven't given me anything. It's we've, we both, um, she uses the term and it's totally um, trademarked. So nobody can use it. Social gardening. We both like operate that way. Right. It's much like,
0: we both operate. yeah.
2: It's much like, okay, well, I, it's not that I need something from you. So I'm going to give it's that I'm giving because I want to give and I want other people to be successful around me. And I think that that's really like the basis around like our friendship, professional relationship that turned into a friendship. And now she can never leave my side.
1: <laughs> no, and I couldn't agree with that more. I think we in some ways, we're so different. And I could go on and on about that. But in some ways, we're so similar, like we both preach networking. And and to Lauren's point, it's not networking with an intent, like it's, it, it's not, there's no like, oh, I need something back. Like, there's, it's really selfless networking. And like, I talk about this, I do a lot of engagements with like speaking with schools and mentoring and stuff like that. And I always talk about the value of networking. And you can't go into it thinking like, if I do this for you, you'll do this for me. Like, it's so much more long term than that. First of all, it feels good. Like networking feels good, because you've made a connection, you've helped someone like that alone should be enough of a benefit. But like, I think Lauren and I think very similarly where, you know, we, we might make a connection with someone and we might not see that value for six years, but we've been building Mm -hmm. that for six years. And then something really special and incredible happens six years later. Like it's a long-term game.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, speaking of something incredible that came together six years in the making, you know, your, your (laughs) pandemic (laughs) partnership, like what, what is it and what, what do you guys do with that?
2: So I guess I'll kind of start. Um, we, as a wedding company, uh, Pivoted. Everybody hates the word, mm-hmm. but we did. We tried to pivot, um, and we were in the process of accidentally pivoting um, pre-pandemic, where we were being brought on as consultants to help venues either sell or set up to sell properly. So there was a lot of commercial real estate in the city that was seeing the value in being a um, a venue, and <clears throat> you know, even if it was for multi purposes. Um, for example, one of our venues is a dance studio at night um and but on the weekends they're set empty. So it was like, how do we fill that revenue or that space with revenue? Um and so based on my background, I was able to offer these sort of um pieces of expertise to real estate guys who had no idea what they were doing. Um, and one thing led to another and then I was like three venues deep and the pandemic was hitting. Um, and I said, well, this is a little bit more fruitful for us right now than wedding planning. So that's kind of where we focused um, it also was an avenue to feed our wedding planning business, um, which I can talk a little bit about how wedding planning's more of a side hustle than a, a day-to-day job. But, um, I think that that was a way for us to feed our business and have some steady income, right. Amongst our group. And, you know, I don't remember, I think that I invited you Carrie, to Billy Penn studios, and that's kind of how I led into it. So that was my biggest, like, or that was my first one. And we did this huge, like photo shoot and open house. And, I wanted people really to see it, but COVID was around and like, we couldn't have a lot of people so I had to pick like literally 20 people. And, you know, I had that conversation, I think with Carrie at one point, and then like loft on Passing Act was happening. And then all of a sudden, one of her contacts was like, Hey, we have someone they want you to open a venue. She's like, whoa, time out. Here's what I do. And here's what Lauren does. We should have a bigger conversation. Yep. And that's kind of where it moved from. And I'll be honest, like neither one of us totally knew what it was going to look like. I knew that from my experience in the other two venues where we lacked and what we needed as far as a partner right so i'm really big on creating partnerships and you know staying in your lane and doing the piece that you do and other people doing those pieces and i mean we really didn't even have a super plan we went in to you know fact find with the owners um they fell in love with us we fell in love with them and then Carrie waved her magic wand and now we have like 20 weddings on the books and our October's (laughs) almost sold out. And
1: I don't know, here we are. And like, just to piggyback on what Lauren said, first of all, like just to toot her horn for a second, there's really no one better than Lauren for this kind of venue development. She has done this job from every angle. She's worked in the hotel side. She's worked in the catering side, a traditional caterer. She's worked on the wedding planner side. She's worked in a corporate side. So it's like, she's literally seen it all and has the experience from every angle. So it was only, it only made sense for her to like pivot into this role um, but yeah no you're right I mean it's sort of like it's not like we had everything kind of planned out it was just this this pivot this is everyone talks about pivoting and like y'all this kind of we kind of fell into this really special space and it's like working out really, really well. And it's been really fun to work together. And Lauren's exactly right. I'm big. I think both Lauren Lauren and I are big on, you know, as leaders to know your strengths and to know your weaknesses and then to fill in your weaknesses. Don't try to do it yourself when there are people who are really good at those things. Um, So I think we both excel in that, which is why we work so well together.
0: Yeah. And then what uh, what are the elements that you you tend to focus on Carrie um, in terms of the, the partnership? Yeah, so I love like the marketing side of things. So I spent 14 years planning
1: events um, for the Steven Star restaurants and it's not that I didn't love the day-to-day event stuff but some people are born for it. Um Lauren probably is is one of those crazy people. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's hard. I mean, it's I mean, it's harder than anything in the world. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason that event planners are on the top five most stressful lists everywhere at all times i mean it keeps you up at night it's challenging you spend six hours planning for you know looking at cupcake colors you choose the wrong cupcake color i mean it is it is and we all know this here everyone listening to this probably knows this it is it is tough um, and i've always had a lens my like lens for marketing like i see everything from a marketing perspective like even when I was day to day event planning, I was like, oh, here's a great idea to sell this. Here's a great idea to promote this. And so that's really the side of it that I love to do. I love the networking when it comes to like press and things like that. I love the marketing. I love the social media. I love the outreach. I love showing off the space. Um, the day to day planning stuff, Lauren's team is amazing at that. And also, Lauren's team is amazing. And Lauren and her team are amazing at like, she's Lauren taught me so much about systems you know, making sure everything is in a system. Do you love that? Do you love them talking? systems? Yes, that made me super happy. <laughs> yeah. She's taught me all about it. Um, and it's not that I wasn't organized before, but she's really, really shown me how, how the value of a system. So, she, you know, putting in place all the different processes, like, you know, that can be, cause there's so much, I mean, a lot of, a lot of these event venues don't understand what they're getting themselves into and they shouldn't like, that's not what they do. It makes sense for them to hire people like Lauren and I. Um, and there's a lot to do with a blank slate. Like you don't even know where to begin. There's just so many. We we sometimes end up, you know, as we kind of talk through all the things that we we do with some of these clients, like they're overwhelmed, not in the sense, I mean, we're gonna do it. So like they don't have to worry about it, but they're like, we didn't even think about one twentieth of these things. Um, and Lauren has a system for all that just to just to really kind of streamline well and i think that it's not black
2: and white and that's like the the biggest part i mean i think that's where um i'm on my third venue and probably (laughs) has given carrie her own set of gray hairs because it's her first one but it's like it doesn't you don't just walk in like we had i mean for example building 39 right it's one of our our new venues i think it's like our favorite probably for us as a team just because it like had such a unique quality And it has taken off in the fact that it's kind of like this indoor, outdoor, you can have like this, like easy airflow, you know, post like pandemic and things like that. But, um, you know, when we walked in, they were like, Oh, we have the catering taken care of food is not a problem. You don't have to worry about that piece. Just focus on this. And we're like, all right, who are we to argue? Right? Well, let me tell you three months later after we're done like with this like startup time, which is kind of our like, you know, rev up it, like literally the floor fell from under us. I mean, maybe the whole building. Like it just was, it was not good. Right. And so having to like reshift and redo the marketing plan and redo it just, it takes a full team effort. But um, like Carrie said, I mean, having the systems in place are great. It's just knowing you have to like sidestep and regroup and rechange and, I mean, even last or two weeks ago, they canceled an event on us that we had been planning, you know, and we had been like building up to and systematically they just didn't put it like into any sort of like, okay, we're going to do this and it has to be canceled here, here, and here. We have to talk to these vendors. We have to do these things to make sure that people don't just show up. Right. They just kind of like did it. And so little things like that. I mean, they're just so important. Um you know, making sure that the venue is kept the way that it's supposed to be, that people are insured properly, that the electricity can manage, um, you know, the, the hair dryers and the makeup and the, all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> There's so many things. People yeah. want to
1: think of, yeah. like, the liability stuff and the legal stuff yeah. and just everything. Yeah. I mean, we, like, to Lauren's point, we've had conversations even down to, like, where are the girls going to plug in their hair dryers? Like, yeah. will this circuit hold enough hair dryers? Like, those are yep. the conversations that, like, these venue makers have no like they're like what they <laughs> have no idea yeah so we've seen- which is cool
2: we so we got to take this one I think this was the only one I've ever seen where I've got to take it from where it is and put it where it needed to be versus like okay we have all these issues now can you fix this right or we yeah. did all these things now how do we fix it and sometimes you can't really fix it it's like picking the wrong wedding venue and then realizing like you don't really go back
1: like um, sort of round hole kind of a right. thing. Right.
2: You just have to kind of like make it work. So I think that was really cool for both of us.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh that's a completely kind of different thought process. You know, when I'm finding venues for clients, that um maybe that's something that I've taken for granted, like cause like, you know, the information, like the venue will have already said, okay. You know, maybe there's no live music allowed or like no amplified yeah. music for, you know, whether it's the neighbors or whether it's an electricity yeah. issue that I never would have thought, you know, about something so specific, like uh hairdryer outlets. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. usually. And this reminds me a lot um
1: my time at Star. I mean, we were so, I had 20 rest 20 restaurants in Philadelphia and like each one had their own, like some of them had stairs, no <laughs> elevators. Some of them had you know, very specific setups where you couldn't actually build longer tables that, you know, folks wanted for, for events. Some of them had um, no, yeah, your point to your point, no live music because there's, you know, the dandelion was um, right next to like an apartment building. So like it was attached basically to an apartment. So like you couldn't do any, you know, any um, amplified music, same with tools garden. So there's, it was like, to Lauren's point, like, yes, there's a system, but there's always, you have to still, you know, like change and, and like, each system's going to be a little bit different. You just have to figure out the systems. And it's your job as the venue to make sure that you're crystal clear on all these things to to the client in advance so that there's no shock later. You know, we don't want, God forbid, a situation where someone books a venue with a set of stairs and then, you know, grandma shows up in a wheelchair. Like that's what you, that's what, that's our job to make sure that never happens.
2: Well, and I think that, um, I think that it's really just about setting the expectations. Like that's probably the biggest yeah. thing. Um, and I've also all time. being, Yeah. And then also as a venue, um, I think that what people don't always think about, which I'm sure you do, MG, because it's like kind of, this is what you do, right? Is I get clients all the time that they're like, oh, well, we didn't pick this venue because of this, but come to find out the other venue had the same situation. They just weren't comparing apples to apples. Mm -hmm. So when people are like betting venues, I I try really hard to make sure that we match our comp set where it makes sense so that it doesn't seem off base. And it makes sense for the client to be able to compare us. Otherwise, you lose if you're three to one, and you're that one, you're not getting a second look or a conversation, right? It's really, you have to be like streamlined in the market and make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. I think that's huge.
1: I could not agree with that more. That used to happen all the time at star like people would be like, Oh, well, you're more expensive, you're less expensive. And I'd be like, "Well, Well, you know, what are you comparing it to? And they'd be like, Oh, well, this is per hour. And this is for three hours. And then like, suddenly yes it's like apples and oranges um that used to happen a lot it also used to happen in different capacities like back when i used to plan events at Toulouse garden we used to have situations where we'd kind of go over pricing and our pricing relatively speaking was pretty low just because it's a restaurant as opposed to a you know a, a catering space where you have to bring everything in and we you know us on this podcast understand that but I had a I remember I told Lauren the story I had a couple a wonderful couple that was considering booking to Lil's Garden and they looked at pricing and they're like you know I think this is just a little over budget and long story short they ended up booking this kind of blank catering space to save money and then they had to add in everything we all know about everything like everything tables chairs everything linens trash cans salt and pepper shakers catering I mean everything and still
2: dealing with them
1: yeah. They, well, actually this is a different one. They came like
2: pulling
1: oh. back This was, like <laughs> two years ago, the month before the wedding was supposed to happen and said, I want to cancel everything and just go back to Tulula's, Is that an option? And unfortunately it wasn't. We already had a wedding that day, but I see that far too often. Like I caution that to like some of my couples, like I'm like, just make sure when you're comparing, you're comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Like, you know, when you're comparing an all in price that looks high, to a blank open venue where you have to add in a million things, be careful what you wish
0: for. I mean, make sure you're doing your homework. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, it's been an interesting process. Uh, You know, most of my clients are tend to be more um, budget conscious as well as, you know, a little bit more DIY and you don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, our clients typically don't know anything about planning an event, specifically a wedding, and all of the everythings that go into it. And so, you know, being able to show them, like, okay, here is a semi-DIY space versus you are going to have to bring in your own bathrooms DIY situation. It's like, (laughs) okay, so... I understand that, you know, this venue is a couple thousand dollars cheaper, but you're also going to have to spend all of that money to bring in bathrooms and tables and <laughs> you know, it's yeah. how much do you really want to DIY and, you know, I've run into s- several clients just like Carrie has described of thinking, you know, whether it's a money saver or whatever. So I I really try and communicate that to my clients of, you know, it might the price tag might look higher, but it's because you're getting everything included yeah. with mm-hmm. it. Versus if you're going to piecemeal, it's going to be more time and probably more money. And I, I know I just did. Oh, good. Sorry, I was going to say I can't even
1: tell you the number of times. I mean, I I can't count on two hands the number of times when I've been talking to clients, whether they be my clients, someone else's clients, talking to brides, whatever the situation is, and they say they're in outside space, and I say, oh, like do you have a tent? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what happens if it rains? And they stare at me blankly, like. They did not consider that, like the fifteen thousand
2: dollar what if, the ten thousand dollar what if.
1: It's crazy. It m- blows my mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's not it's even not a small piece. Graduation, anything, all the different times. I'm like, oh, that's great. This is such a cool idea. I'm like, what are you gonna do if it rains? And they just blank stare, stare at me.
0: <laughs> that's you know, that's our job. It's to ask all yeah. of these questions, and you know, five. Find- figure out the right answer for what's going to be best for them.
2: Agreed. I think that, I think the number one thing too, is like, it's so unique what you do because for me and our clients, 9.9 out of them that come to us, they already have a venue, mm-hmm. right? It's a little bit different nowadays. Um, we've gotten a little bit different, but not, not really. So, you know, for, for people to come to me and then be like, here's my issues. You know what I mean? That's so tough to work with especially when they have a real hard line budget or things like that. Cause then essentially what has to happen is something is, has to get dropped. Um, but I think that when, when you're dropping something, I think that having a planner or somebody to help you find the venue that's right for you, fits your needs and fits your budget is so big because then you get reliable sources. Um, you get some, an expert that like thinks about the things outside of the, what you really know. And that's really what it comes down to. You're right. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's not meant for you to know. It's just like if I broke my finger tomorrow, I don't know how to put it back in place. I have to go to a doctor. And I use that example all the time. Like if I cut my foot off, I'm not going to try to sew it back on myself. Sure, I could Google it. But like, it's not the same, right? It's not somebody that I don't have the expertise in it. And I don't know where the nerves are. And I don't know, like, it's the same (laughs) idea. Like, that's how I feel about weddings. Like, I think that people get into these things. I had a wedding this weekend at a camp. And she really, like, she DIY'd everything. I mean, brought a U-Haul. And DIY everything at the end of the night, it was like, okay, you thought everyone was going to take these glasses and they had their names on them, but they didn't. So now you have 120 glasses. What would you like to do with them? Like she had thrown all the boxes away. Like, it's just little, 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 little things that you're just like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do it on your own. We're experts. You don't have to sell your foot back on yourself. Like, that's what I say. You don't have to sell your foot on by yourself.
1: I mean, to take this conversation full circle. So I used to refer, I did the weddings at Tula's Garden. I used to refer Lauren to each and every one of them. And I be- practically begged couples to hire her. I was like, you will not regret it. Like I can give you a million reasons why you won't regret it. Because before that, again, it's, I think it comes a lot to like money saving. People think they're saving money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, two I always have two things to say when it comes to like hiring a wedding planner, just in general. First thing is any other event you're planning. If you're planning a graduation party, if you're planning, you know, a baptism, if you're planning a birthday party, there is a host who can who can host, mom, sister, brother, uncle, whatever, whoever the host is. When you're planning a wedding, you are the host and you don't want to host that day. You need someone else to do it. Like you're not the one who's like, the, the tenting company can't call you while you're walking down the aisle to ask a quick question. Like you need a point person that is not you. So that's always kind of thing one that people don't think through. And then thing two is, before we had wedding planners involved, again, like you, you don't think through all the things. Like the number of times that everyone walked out the door at the end of a wedding and the gift table was still sitting there. I, I, again, I, more than five, more than five times. <laughs> I was like, what would they like me to do with these thousands of dollars of right. gifts they left? Because no one was like in charge to think about those things. So, like, you definitely always need.
0: A wedding planner like a hundred percent of the time. I and love like that yeah. concept of call referring to them as the host. Like I've never heard it phrased that way before, but I'm absolutely going to steal that as well. We got a lot of <laughs> ideas sharing going on today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's a that's a perfect analogy. Or like a point it. person. Yeah, Who is the
1: point person? You don't yeah. want to be the person. You're in a wedding dress. You don't even have your phone with you. Like <laughs> you're well, not and
2: you don't want I always say to people like you don't want those vendors calling your phone to be like, where do I park? What room are you in? Can I put these flowers here instead of there? How does this light look like? That's not what, like, it's like, everybody's like, oh, you know, and I've had those brides. And listen, I can't make you see my value. I know that after your wedding day, you're going to wish that you had had that situation. Um, But some people get through it just fine with their sister and their cousin who, you know, whatever. But imagine your sister running back and forth to the bridal suite to get your shoes, to get your lipstick, a bobby pin fell out, my bustle broke. So now it's got to be sewn. Um, you know, this shoelace needs to be tied or I need to run to the restroom or mom needs her glasses for her speech. And you know, it's all those little things like, can they be handled? Sure. But if we're there to think ahead for you, you can enjoy your salad. And I know the toast is coming up. So I'm going to go get mom's glasses. I'm going to get your lipstick and I'm going to make sure you're bustled. Like there's just those like little things that like let life just like flow a little easier.
0: Or in my case it was you and Bob are gonna sit down right now and eat your dinner. I will stand here and you watch you. You told me you. it was important. <laughs> <laughs> She's like it's it really was. important. I'm like, okay. It was it was oh a God. very <laughs> delicious plate of food. It was I forget, I feel like someone else had come up to us and I, I you must have had an assistant or something and I think they I think they literally said, Lauren said to tell you she will fire me if you don't eat or something to you. <laughs> be- <laughs> You, you, my job depends on it. Please sit down and go eat something. Right. Fine, fine, fine. Happened. Well, so we all work in the event space. Um, this has obviously just been a roller coaster of a year and a half. Um, we're recording this. It's late August. Um, you know, we, we really don't know what the next couple of months are going to look like. Um, you know, Lauren, kind of what I'm curious about like your weddings for the rest of 2021? And, you know, maybe how some of these venues are are discussing COVID and, um, you know, are some of them requiring proof of vaccination? Or are your couples requiring proof of vaccination? Um, and then Carrie, you know, kind of same to you. And also just your approach to in-person events. I know you just do so much. Um, you know, we've we've mentioned we all love networking and getting together in person. And now it's just a really weird time. So what what are the next couple of months theoretically going to be like for you <laughs> um
2: so from a wedding perspective, most of these clients are already like they're ready like they knew that this could be a thing um some of them unfortunately have actually already dealt with this and are on date two or three um So I'll just use the example of my wedding at the Lowe's Hotel because it's probably my biggest and the closest one to when the new restrictions came out, which was now a week and a half ago in Philadelphia. So the new restrictions came out and said, um, basically, you have to be vaccinated or everyone inside has to wear a mask, right? Just figuratively speaking, that's very like it in a nutshell. So when it came to weddings and indoor events, Um, everyone had to be masked again, or everyone had to be vaccinated that was in the room and attending. So everyone obviously went into a, a complete panic because that was the first step last year to then what morphed into like, no events, no dance floor, no bar, no indoor events, like it just, and then they started restricting outdoor events where it was like, even if you have a tent up, you can only have 50 people. And you know, it has to be um, like it. Just if you have two walls, then it is considered indoors. Or if you have three walls, so like it got really complicated
1: quickly. So and everybody had like professionals. It was hard to yeah. follow because was oh, totally every week. Yeah, like I remember talking to both of you, being like, "Is this allowed anymore?" Like even right. us, was, right? Was it was hard to follow, let alone the couples. <laughs> yeah. So I think that all of them are pretty
2: prepared. Anyone that was like new and hadn't rescheduled but were scheduled for this fall, like was like kind of like, "Do I move? Is this going to be a thing?" So. What we're doing with our clients is basically saying you have to just plan as if it's going to happen. And if the city shuts down, we can't control it. We can't predict it. I mean, the restrictions a week and a half ago, no one knew that was coming. I mean, we had a, like no clue. No one knew that that was even a discussion. Um, so I think that the biggest thing that we try to tell them is just to actually enjoy the process. And there's nothing you can do to, you know, eliminate it. Now, there are a million factors to that, right? So, um, with big hotel chains and venues, they're, um, requiring vaccination proof from all the guests and all the vendors. Um, and then they're still masking their employees. So that's kind of like probably some of the top five Philadelphia wedding venues. That's the stance that they're taking. So, um, as an event planner, we are taking that RSVP spreadsheet, you know, that the clients already have of who's coming, who's not coming, what meal they're having, what table they're at, and just filling in and requesting from them um, via Google form their a copy of their vaccination card with an ID and their number. And we're just filling it in. We give it to the hotel and then the client signs an like an affidavit that says, All of this is true information and I didn't falsify it like by any means type thing. Instead of having every single guest walk in and sign a paper, that is the other option. If you don't pre-do it, which a lot of people don't want to do that at their wedding, they don't want a bouncer at the door being like, let me see your two things. So if you don't pre-do it, then it does have to be checked at the door and the venue um, would provide that security. Um, But I think that everybody, so like that wedding at the Lowe's had a a total meltdown. Um, This is date three for them. Um, and it was kind of like, okay, let's do it in the backyard so that nobody can really restrict us and like cut our head count down. Well, she was going from 200 guests to 75, like number one, that's super upsetting a month before her wedding. Um, the tent was going to cost them like 15 grand just because they needed the flooring and they needed to level it out. Cause it was on a slope in their backyard. So they had to like level it out. They had to put the tent up. They had to have walls just in case it rains. We had to have, you know, an AC unit in case it was hot. We needed to have electricity. Then you have to permit the fire marshal has to come out and you have to like permit for the fire extinguisher. And then we had to find a caterer. Well, guess what? How many caterers are available in Philadelphia on made America weekend on a Saturday in September? Literally, I know every single person in this city and not one, not one of them were available. It was a nightmare. And so then I just like looked at her and I was like, listen, the, the Lowe's has the biggest ballroom in the city period you're in a decent position, they're not giving you your money back, because there's not a you can't have this event. So you have to move forward. You got to move into the bigger ballroom, you got to spread your guests out, and you got to get vaccination cards, and we have to move on. And that's just like, literally giving them the voice of reason instead of them allowing the like, what if, what if, what if, can we, can we, can we we like, is really where we've gone with our clients, like you just have to move forward and move like that direction. Um, Some variable factors are like we have families of the couples like moms and dads or grandparents coming from italy or india those are situations that very easily like we, we are just like fine you have to move it and hopefully the venues willing to let them move within a year because those are things that we already know are happening they are not changed and so that's super super unfortunate um Are there travel restrictions
0: right now between like mm -hmm. flying between, okay. So that's Italy, UK and, um,
2: India. And there's a couple of other countries. Um, and it's also about like the guests coming in from out of town. Like people don't really realize, like, it's not like you're just driving down the street in Philadelphia. Most weddings, like on average, they're saying is like 50% out of town guests, whether it's a flight or a road trip. Right. So, and if it's a flight, then you have this whole other factor of, Now, maybe they got tested when they're at home or whatever it might be, but what about when they got here? So now you're asking people to travel and get tested when they get here and they may not actually be able to attend because if they test positive, even if they've been vaccinated, they can't attend. So if you, so it's just like all these like weird things. Um, I think the reality is that it, this is not going away and that's why people are, you know, flocking to the outdoor venues. Um other people are cutting their head counts um, or they're just like telling their guests way in advance, like get vaccinated um, and then quarantine yourself. That way you don't get here and you don't have to like, you know um, you know, not attend. Um, You know, there's rapid um, on-site testing that has developed um, that we've used for a couple of events um, where like the morning of the wedding, we would have 10 or 15 people that would get tested on site or at a local like CVS and make that appointment ahead of time um, for the people that flew in. um, And then they quarantine into their room until the event, that sort of thing. Um, There's also a huge factor when you're in a hotel that has 5,000 guest rooms versus a venue that stands alone. I don't know. There's just, I, I don't know if that totally answered the question. There's just not really a one, one shoe size fits all. And I don't for, for what I see within the industry and the boards that I'm on, I don't think this is going away before next spring to some uh, degree. There's a couple more variants that are coming. I mean, we follow it closely and as the variants come out, obviously, you know, people start to mentally shut down and um, booking trends have changed. Um, You know, we either get people that are calling and like, Hey, can I use your venue in three months? I just want to get married. Or we have people that call and they're like, okay, I'm going to look at 2023. Like let's talk about spring of 2023. And so those trends have completely changed where it used to be nine to 18 months. Like we have people that are three months out or two years out. Like it's just wild as can be.
0: I so. think, I mean, one of the the key factors that I push is just, you know, transparency and communication yep. that, um, you know, I think couples who have a planner are very lucky to be able to like work through some of this and like have like a expert guidance, Um, But it's, you know, it definitely falls on the couples to be able to communicate to their guests, whether it's via their wedding website, um, but just communicating what their kind of vaccine boundaries are and their COVID safety plan and what, Um, what is being implemented, because I think it's important to have that information front and center. So that way guests can decide if they feel safe going or not. Right. it's what Lauren said earlier about like setting expectations.
1: Like that's before COVID was the most important thing for me in the events. And now it's like just tenfold important. And like, as I listen to Lauren talk, I think about like how sad I am for our events industry for so many reasons, obviously. But like one of the big things that people don't really talk about is like Lauren was just saying all the different new processes that are in place. And like you think about these wedding planners who are paid theoretically a certain amount in the past, And theoretically, I'm not saying wedding planning is ever easy, but there's a process and it's a known process and you know roughly how many hours are going into it. And some of Lauren's clients have rescheduled two, three times. I mean, that's three weddings for the price of one. And then you think about all this vaccine stuff where it's important. Like I'm not, you know, downplaying the importance of it, but like think about how much time it takes for Lauren and her team to get 100 people's worth of vaccine cards. I mean, this is all these things that these wedding planners never had to do before and they're getting paid the same amount. So they're doing three weddings for the price of one plus an extra hours and hours and hours of this, like facilitating all of this COVID stuff. And it just like sucks. Like it sucks. Everyone's working so much harder for such little, you know, such less money and then it cancels again. And then you, you do it all over again. I mean, it's crazy. Like it's, it's crazy what our industry is going through. When you think about when you start laying it out like that.
2: When it's super hard to like justify, you know, Oh, let me charge you more. Like it's just because they're in such sucky position. Like it's stinks, you know, now.
1: <laughs> no.
2: And, and I would say that the, the photographers, you know, there's only one of them. There's only one of me. There's only one band. And it's like, I can't tell you how many couples I've had to counsel into what is more important. You have a venue, you have a date now do you want your photographer or do you want your band and that's a terrible position to be in yeah. when you've created this wedding field that you thought you were going to have and now you you have to like get rid of one of the two like those are both so important to most people or i mean god forbid your caterer can't do it or you know your venue and it's like you have to start all over i mean i'm doing del- yeah. the, the venue space that i'm going to today at abington arts is like an outdoor really really cool venue but they were originally in a ballroom and they couldn't reschedule and so Now they're literally replanting their entire wedding,
1: Yeah,
2: new food, new flowers, new season. Like that's the one thing I would say was really interesting to see people transition because the dresses are bought, right? We're spring and now I'm moving into fall or the dress is bought for fall. And now I'm moving into spring. Like the girls have to change their dresses. I mean, there's so many, I mean, what's really cool is the Facebook groups that have come out of it where people are just kind of like trading, like here, you can have this dress and I'll take that dress. Um, or like, you know, giving away things that they were going to use because they were going to DIY some centerpieces yep. and now they can't because they're no longer doing barn chic. Or all the people Gina. that had
1: printed their date. and now Oh, God. And like I've seen it sometimes, mm-hmm. and like I've seen it, people use those dates. I think that's kind of cool. I get it. Like it's funny when the favors say the wrong date. You're like, haha! Like this was supposed to be my wedding date. I think it's well. Funny. Imagine All the invitation. Oh, I mean, it. people.
2: Yeah, people spend so much money on their invitations, yep. and I think that was probably the hardest thing for people to immediate swallow, immediately swallow that they had to redo their invitations. Yep. Which, if you look on like Billy Mag and stuff, like the, there was some cute ideas that came out of it because. Listen, if I'm a printer and I've already printed you 300, for you to ask me to print you 300 more for free, not happening, sister. So right. like, here's a sticker. Let's make some fun of it and sure. let's move on.
1: <laughs> put a post-it on top.
0: <laughs> Get out the no, marker I love collection. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, so I have a whole different side of this world to like talk about. Like my clients, I don't do as many weddings and stuff like that, but there is just pivoting everywhere. Like one of my biggest clients is Chef Jen Carroll. And, you know, we, of course, like everyone else pivoted to like the virtual space. So I have the last, over the last year, been planning virtual cooking classes. And um, one thing we haven't talked about too much, you know, we've been talking a lot about social, a lot about weddings, but corporate events are gone. There's too much liability. They are not back. So most of the events I've been doing now are virtual corporate events, you know, all of these law firms, all of these financial industry companies, all of these, um, insurance companies that used to do these in-person events have now pivoted to virtual. And we always say like, we, we kind of develop these virtual cooking class experiences because we kind of always say food brings people back together and everyone's home right now. And so the, the least week or the most week, you know, so least we can do is kind of put everyone in a virtual space and have them all you know engage and engage with chef jen and like they've been really really fun so we and they're not going away you know i i did think over the summer like perhaps we're out of this but we are not it is here to stay and um yeah, like, ju- like june and july yeah just, i was like oh, keep doing it. great we're going <laughs> back to
0: normal we're indoor dining everything's yeah. wonderful and then delta's like just kidding yeah, I'm
1: spending the last two weeks booking um, fall and winter virtual events for Chef Jen. Um, and we do, I mean, we don't do a lot of big catered events, but we'll do a lot of like, we'll do a lot of in-person, tiny um, dinner parties, things like that. And again, we we talk about the vaccine situation, you know, we are vaccine only now. So again, I have to make sure I get everyone's vaccine cards, although it's different because for me, it's 10 to 15 people, which is much easier than Lauren's, you know, 150 people. But um, so relatives, yeah that's <laughs> true actually um and then some so that's kind of what's been going on with chef Jen um you know Philly Goat project is another one of my uh, one of my clients, and most of our we do a lot of events, tons of events we have a dozen events every month, but they're all outdoor um so that's been really good since day one I mean we have to worry, you know, we mentioned earlier about weather um I'm always, always, always monitoring the weather because every event we do, we say it's weather permitting. The goats actually don't even like the rain, so we can't even do it if we wanted to. Um, and then we always have a rain date for every event. Um, but we feel a lot better with that because it's always been outdoors since day one. And we'll do it even through the winter. You know, we do these BYOB goat happy hours, um, which raise money for our organization. And we did them. in one of the days last year, it was snowing. And people sh- people bundled up. They showed up with hot chocolate. We do them year round in in, you know, outside spaces. So that's been, it's nice. And also we were at a time when a lot of people, like we went basically through the year last year when we were allowed. Um, obviously sometimes we weren't allowed, but you know, when we were allowed. So we were one of the few places that was doing like outdoor public facing events. Um, so it was pretty popular. Um, we talked about building 39, you know, that's been really special because we have the opportunity to have some outdoor space, you know, it's you could do almost a whole event outside. You can get some great tenting there. We've had some great like food truck events, which has definitely been the event trend these days. It's more casual, so that's that's really nice, and people feel a lot more comfortable there because of the outside space. Um, in the middle of the pandemic, I opened um, South Philly Food Co-op that was ten years in the making, and let me tell you, I don't have We don't have enough time because I can take up the whole forty-five minutes telling you how to do a grand opening during the middle of it was. We opened in December. Of last year. And it was like middle, middle, middle of the pandemic, the, the stay at home mandate had started at that point. And so we had to pivot and pivot again and pivot again and pivot again. And I can't even, I can't even begin. I mean, by the end we did a, um, ribbon cutting with no one around. We, um, did instead of inviting like, you know, political contacts, we like sent them cameras and said, just film, you know, a a segment for us. We, we did a drop off to all the press because we didn't want them showing up. We had maybe two news cameras that we invited. And that was the entire thing. I mean, we, we started with this big to do and we were so excited. We literally, when we first started planning, we were going to do like a a drill team was going to like perform. And by the end we had everything virtual and everything live and everything other. I mean, we, we, we were so careful and it's just like, we were actually the first co-op to open during a pandemic. So after that, there's a lot more co-ops, grocery co-ops that are opening in the country. And they all have me come speak at their various events to like talk about now that I was the expert on doing a grand opening during a pandemic, you know, what how did that look and how did I pull it off? And I've been kind of coaching some of the other co-ops around the country. Um, that's so awesome.
0: And yeah. So and speaking of coaching, I know the the both of you do a lot of mentorships um lauren specifically i know you've brought in you know interns um one of which grace is also going to be uh on this season of beyond the venue podcast so very excited to have gotten to to meet her drexel student um and then carrie you're also very involved with um act philly um so if if you guys could talk a little bit about your mentorship and then you know carry the work that you do with these normal little puppers
1: So ACT, I've been involved in for a few years. That is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I spearhead the photo shoot program, which is very um, related to this conversation because it's all events industry folks that do this. Uh, Can you explain to our listeners
0: what ACT Philly is?
1: Yes. So ACT Philly is Philadelphia's only open intake shelter. So if there is a stray dog or cat in, in this in Philadelphia, which is obviously quite large, that's where it ends up. Is at Act Philly, and um, it is the if I if I get this right, it is the least funded open intake shelter in the country of its size. Um, so it's it's challenging. We we have a lot of um, issues with resources. We have a lot of issues with um, people staffing. There's just all, I mean, there's a lot of issues with having enough volunteers. Um, but one thing I noticed years ago is that the dogs and specifically dogs is what I tend to focus on with the best pictures get adopted first. So I started doing monthly photo shoots and I plan them. I mean, I'm already planning December at this point and every month we have a professional photographer from the events industry, a professional designer from the events industry. They donate their time. We spend hours and hours and hours every month planning the set, planning the details. You know, they, they donate those, the, all the, um, the resources and we, we pull off a, what sometimes is a ten-hour day of shooting because there's a lot of dogs, especially right now. Um, and then they the photographers, you know, put all the names on them. They edit all the pictures, and every single month we do this. Um, so this has been really. I mean, I love being involved in an act. It's definitely one of those things where it takes a village. Um, there's a lot of people involved. The events industry has been very, very, you know, welcoming and and giving. We have a lot of volunteers that do, um, the dog handling. I absolutely could not do this on my own, but it's been, it's been really special. And, uh, I was actually just last night, I have one this weekend, so everyone stay tuned. Well, I guess you're going to see it later. So by the time this, this airs, you'll have like two more to share. Um, but we're doing
0: a back to school one this weekend, which oh, I'm really excited about. Yeah. So, I love uh, looking at the pictures on your Instagram. Yeah, I, so I'll share them. <laughs> uh, I just want to adopt them all, but yeah. my my one Bichon is more than enough. I <laughs> he's a handful.
1: Yeah, so I have one dog and that is that is enough for me. I always I do the classic, I always want to take them all home, but I then Vinny would not like that. My dog would not like that. <laughs> but yes, give me a follow on social
0: media and you can see all the dogs. <laughs> And then Lauren, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your, your mentorship and, you know, how you end up bringing in interns to come work with you? Yeah. So um, I think it kind of started when I started.
2: So I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know how to do it. There's not really a book on wedding and event planning. Um, so I started in catering and um, got involved with what was then known as ISIS. Change the name. It's Ilea now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I remember when it was uh,
2: that, And um, I was, uh, it's another organization similar to NACE, but it was like the International Live Events Association. And um, I was part of their student program. And in Austin, um, that year, they actually were chapter of the year, which I was one of the students. And one of the programs that they implemented was we had to spend six like six different weeks, one week per vendor with six different vendors. And you got to like actually see the lead up to a wedding and be at a wedding. So like I spent time with a cake vendor. I spent time with a florist. I spent time with a DJ. I spent time with all of these pieces um, which gave me a better understanding and empathy for the back end of it. Right. So even like after I worked and uh, worked with a rental company, for like almost 6 months i had a better understanding of why you know the order has to be in at a certain time how the um you know um process goes of when they can tell you and and how like they figure out the delivery schedule and like when the linens need to be put in because they're coming and they're steamed differently and they're bagged differently um how long it takes to put up a tent i built one of the biggest tents i've ever seen in my life you know with the guys like um so i think that <clears throat> that's where the passion kind of started because that was where I really learned more than I could have ever learned even in my wedding certification class. Um, you can read it in a textbook and they talk about traditions and they talk about these things, but they don't really talk about like vendors working together. I guess it's the best way I can say it. And I think it's really cool that, um, then I went on to lead the student chapter, um, in our, or the student program in our chapter. And then I went on to membership and things like that. And um, I just think it's important for students, even if they're not a hospitality student, but they think that, you know, it, their business, like I have a criminal justice degree, who would think I'd be wedding planning at this point in my life, right? But I enjoyed catering and I knew I enjoyed events, but I didn't know what that meant for me. And I think it was really cool to like, see other people be successful in it and how they were successful and how they all worked in, in unison together. Um, and I just don't think you can teach it in the textbook. So it's very, it's a passion of mine. Um, so <clears throat> I try to bring on at least one intern a year. Um, since I've been in Philly, I've had six at this point. Um, uh, three or four of them have been with the Drexel co-op program um, in particular because it has a hospitality program. And I think that it's nice for them to get out of the kitchen and get out of the hotel and just get out of like their restaurant mentality and realize that there's so much more out there within our industry. Um, even if they don't go into it, they just know and understand the other pieces. so um that's really big for me. so that's our focus with um, the NACE program and creating a succession plan has always been something that's like been drilled into me within um, all the companies I've worked within is like always having someone under you that understands your job and can be trained into it and and morphing and growing as a company. So I think that that's huge for us like and we, especially in my industry, like I don't, I don't necessarily have employees. I have contractors, right? So it's not like I can give someone a salary to plan 50 weddings a year. It doesn't really work like that. Um, so I think that mentoring people into their like unique pieces and their businesses, um, one of my like colleagues, if you want to call it, that is, um, Lauren she has a wedding and event planning business. We're not, we're not competitors. Like, Technically, I guess we are, but she's not me and I'm not her. But at the same time when I have three weddings or I need an assistant because I have a huge, you know, um Hindu thing that has like the morning, the afternoon, the night, it's like four different ballrooms, three hundred people. We need extra sets of hands. So I think that's so important to have those people within your group that's like um that you can call on and, and vendors that you can trust. So I think that mentoring the students or people that have found their way into this career. And now they're in hotels going, well, I don't want to be in the same ballroom every weekend. Like, what does that look like? So it's not just students. It's really just about finding people out there in that industry that are good at what they do. They like what they do, but they want to like see it on a different um, platform. So that's kind of like where my passion comes from and, and what I enjoy about like doing those types of things.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I definitely share a lot of your sentiments. Well, one of the last questions that I have for the both of you today is tell me about your favorite venue. So I know you. You spent a lot of time um, over the last six. Are nine, you going to share this? Or are we going to make enemies? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're to spend a lot of Lauren, time. We're with,
1: burning bridges.
0: You've spent a lot of time with building thirty nine. Um, so I feel like that's the number one venue that's been coming out of your social media um, right. for a good amount of time. So you you were welcome to say any and all venue um, <laughs> that that so moves you. I'm gonna go with building 39 and I'll, i have a good reason. Here's
1: why, here's why I have a good reason. Carrie, you are Hold such on. a suck up. I know. No, no, I was a so suck, up. suck up. Here's she why I can't wait to send it. <laughs> no, this is not why. The reason is because I came from a restaurant event planning world and I loved it. I loved chef driven spaces. I loved really good food. I hate the word foodie, but I love food and I love like that type of you know, I used to, when I used to work with couples, they always described themselves as booty couples. And I loved that. Um, I worked with so many couples that cared so little. They're like, they didn't care what the centerpieces look like. They didn't care what the invitations look like. They care what the food tastes like. And I literally, they'd that. be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. have a color, but we're going yes. to Tallulah. I'm like, exactly. What? So that's like, insane. what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'll just wear like a, you know, like a, whatever cocktail Jump dress. Suit, not a big yeah, deal. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, do I have to go shopping for this? Can I, can I just like wear a black dress? That's fine, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of, <laughs> I vibe with these people. Like I want to go to dinner with these people. And Building 39 is perfect because yes, 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 it's beautiful. And yes, it has it's historical. And yes, there's the indoor outdoor space. And you can do this hybrid indoor outdoor thing, which is very popular right now. But there is half the building is a commissary kitchen filled with magic, like it's food, it's food makers, it's like a pickle makers, it's cake makers, it's caterers, it's food trucks. And these are the options that are, um, you know, in the in the events, like these are the these are the food options in the event space. And I think there's something so special and so magical about that. Um, and these they're all I love working with small businesses. These are all small businesses that are, you know, doing a great job. And like Lauren said earlier, there's challenges there, you know, we're not working with the big guys, there's a lot of challenges, but I I find it very rewarding. Um, and the food is really, really good. And I like, I just love that foodie side of the venue. So that's why I have a good reason. I am obsessed with our business model. And if you talk to anyone that's had
2: any conversation with me about building 39, like I literally want to put it on a piece of paper and sell it all over the world, especially (laughs) in places like Miami and LA that like love food trucks. Right. Um, but I would say that, um, my favorite venue that I've done anything at was in Santa Barbara. Um, And it was, I mean, it was it randomly people think I did this on purpose. I did it like literally not even a week before we signed the contract, it turned into a Ritz Carlton. It was bought out by Ritz Carlton. So it, but it was like beautiful. It was like on a cliff. It had that old style, like pottery where like the wavy like top roofs and the palm trees. And they had these like three resort style pools that went down the middle of the property off the cliff in a sense, like was like the infinity pool. Um, which all the meeting rooms looked over it and, um, everyone there was beyond hospitable. Like, I can't even explain to you the, the feeling that we all got there. I mean, I showed up and there was a whole bottle of tequila in my room, <laughs> literally so happy. So I just thought it was like a nice touch. And I think that coming from the hotel and restaurant industry, And Carrie is the best host you'll ever go to lunch with when she was like at star anywhere she was ever at, because she really like embodied that, like, you are my guest. You are my client. You like, without using that word client, she was like, I want to welcome you in my home. And I want to show you that like, we have this sparkly champagne that has sugar on the rim and it's, you're going to love it. And like, you have to have these shoestring fries. And like, she just said, and she would send out these greeting cards. I mean, nobody does this. She would send out handwritten greeting cards with like little free appetizer things. And sure, it didn't come out of her paycheck by any means. But it's like people, she took the time to like really care. And I think that this venue not only had this amazing atmosphere um, of like you could be in the meeting room, right, on the fifth floor and have the windows open because there was this nice breeze and you heard the waves crashing against the coastline, right? And like not only did that make it like, okay, like you're in a beautiful place the people were to die for. Like every single person there was just, they embodied that five foot rule where it's like, if someone's in five feet of you, you like smile or nod or say hello, like in the hospitality industry, I think that that's so big. And so it just, it was a well laid out venue. Um, It was easy for our guests and it was a fiduciary attorney like summit for four days. It was the most boring topic you could ever imagine (laughs) and somehow or another people were like begging for it back next year they're like we'll pay double we're coming you have to have it there again like there's not a chance the food was great um you know they did enough uh we had a really cool thing where we had maui gem come like um the sunglasses that was called not yeah and like they did like an experience on one of the balconies at the cocktail party that like it's just like the but that was like their suggestion they're like oh if your guests are coming from out of town like they'll give them these beautiful polarized like um sunglasses and that can be your takeaway and they had this whole setup of like 25 different ones you got to try them on and pick what fit your face and like i don't know i just think that the the venue really cared about every guest's experience and it showed and i literally i think about that event was probably five years ago at this point and i think about it all the time when i'm places i'm like and that nothing compares to that space, like, and the people and the, the hospitality within it. So
0: that's what and i are very passionate about hospitality yeah. and, and making others feel welcome and make them feel comfortable. And, you know, that's, that's why we are in this industry is we care about people and we care about taking care of them. So, right. And that, well, I would like that inspire you to be mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. hospitality members. Like that's yeah. Thing. And you remember how you feel when you get treated, you know, because obviously the view and the ambiance you're describing sounds like something I needed yesterday, but, I had it, um, literally, you know, customer service and hospitality and just remembering how these people made you feel like that's, that's awesome. And that's, that's great. You got to have that experience and even just as a planner. So, well, I would love for the both of you to share how our listeners can follow you. You mentioned a couple um, different Instagram handles, but fire away. So I, um, would love if
1: everyone that's written on the screen, hopefully that comes up in the recording. If you're watching, um, at K Citrin is my personal one, but I'm going to be honest, most three, most over the last year, it's definitely been more work stuff. Um, or follow me at Citrin consulting. Uh, those are the two, the two best ways to follow me.
2: Yeah. And our Instagram is classic events by Lauren. Um, that's our website, our Instagram, Facebook, all those things. So check us out. Um, there's all of our other Instagrams and, you know, everything kind of cross-promoted. I think yep. that's a, kind of what Carrie and I do anyway. So those are probably the best two places to find us and see all around.
1: Yeah, I have a very collaborative, both of us have a very collaborative approach. So when you, when you head to either of our Instagram, you're going to see a million other Instagram opportunities. <laughs> so just follow everything you
0: see. <laughs> yeah. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, thank you to my guests, Lauren and Carrie, for joining me this mm-hmm. afternoon.
2: Thanks for um, having us.
0: Listeners, please follow Beyond the Venue podcast on Instagram and check out all of our episodes now streaming on your favorite podcast platform. Have a great rest of your day.